0: Hey, y'all, I got some show dates, and I want you to come and see me, so let me give you the details so you can get tickets and make plans. On November 5th, I'll be in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania at Parks Casino. Basically, Philly, but like Ben Salem. Then, from November 11th to the 13th, I'll be in Tacoma, Washington at Super Funny Comedy Club. That's the name of it. It's the Super Funny Comedy Club. Next up, I'll be in Portland, Oregon at Helium Comedy Club from November 18th to the 20th. For one night only, I'll be in Calgary at Southern Alberta Jubilee Auditorium on November 27th for a cool night. It's a fundraiser for uh, the uh, Owen Hart Foundation, Bret Hart's uh, uh, brother who passed away. And it's going to be a great time. I'm doing my whole new act. You're going to love it. I mean, I'm doing my whole new act everywhere, but this is a special thing. And from December 9th through the 12th, I'll be in Sacramento at the Punchline in California. More shows are always being added, so just keep checking RussellPeters.com or my Instagram at RussellPeters. Follow me as well, because it's free. All right, you freaks? Now enjoy the show. Welcome to this episode of Culturally Counts. It's been a while since we've done an episode. Has it been almost a month, I would say?
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: I've been on the road like crazy, like insane. And when I say like, been on the road, I mean, dude, I haven't had a day off this This last week, I had a couple of days off for the first time in a long time, and I was literally stretched so thin, I was literally at my breaking point. I was ready for a nervous breakdown. It was right there. It was looming. And my blood pressure was crazy high. I was supposed to go to Amsterdam on Wednesday because um, I'm the CCO of uh, Red Light Holland. It's a truffle mushroom truffle company out of Canada via Amsterdam, and it's a microdosing mushroom company, and I um, I've never not done mushrooms or microdosing. So, uh, as per the company, I, they kept asking me, "Hey, can you talk about it? Can you talk about?" it? I said, "I can't talk about something I've never done." So, I was going to go to Amsterdam on Wednesday to do mushrooms with a guide, done the the right way, you know, just not like some random guy on the street and here's some mushrooms, and then I trip out and fall into the uh, canals and in uh, in the red light district. So. So I was supposed to go with uh, Todd Shapiro, one of the guys who created the company out of Toronto, and he was going to go a couple of days ahead of me, and and, um, you have to do a COVID test when you leave the country. So he took his COVID test, and turns out he tested positive for COVID, and then his kids tested positive for COVID. I was like, damn, this sucks. So in a very uh, odd way, I I was relieved that I didn't have to go. It wasn't that I didn't want to go to Amsterdam. I just didn't want to go at that moment because I was just so burnt out
3: tired yeah i was exhausted
0: mentally and physically but more mentally which is worse
3: but how do you feel how do you feel today
0: today i feel great you know what i mean like i had a few days off i took my daughter trick-or-treating got to see my son last week um we've had some sex her and i (laughs) with each other um and um it's all been great now so i'm as you can see i'm a a little more chill I'm not even smoking a cigar right now because I don't actually feel like one.
3: Oh wow, that might be a first on this show. I don't think that's ever happened. It before. might change. Give him five minutes. No, 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 a
0: little later, a <laughs> little later. I don't know. It's, I don't feel like it right now. I literally don't feel like it. So
3: wow, okay, that's good. Oh, well, I'm glad you got some rest. That's
0: yeah, it was necessary. Yes, resticary,
3: resticary. <laughs> Invest in rest. <laughs>
0: so, um, Allie's here with us again mm-hmm. today. It's me, Allie, and Courtney. And, uh, it's just nice to have you, you two ladies with me, you know, each of you bring <laughs> a different element to this.
3: Cheers. Cheers.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's a little, uh, a little balance in the room. hmm.
4: hmm.
3: I love it. Yeah. There's been a lot of, a lot of ladies on the show recently. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. You know, it's funny is the
0: ladies have been really bringing it on the show. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of the dudes kind of like, huh? huh? I'm like, oh boy.
3: <laughs> they needed a vacation too. They needed a, a minute. No, (laughs) But it seems
0: like like whatever women are doing nowadays, they're excelling in. Even in the MMA Mm. world, um, there's no easy fights for women out there. Like when a woman fights in an MMA fight, it's real deal. Mm. And when two dudes get in there, they might take the night off and go a little slow and easy on each other. I'm like, eh, lame. But, you know, um, so, you know, women have definitely stepped up everything. And it's not that they stepped it up. They they did it in a way where they made it like, look, if you guys aren't going to do this right, we are. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I really appreciate that.
3: I think women are prepared. Like that's what I I feel like usually like that's my observation. It's not a like better or worse thing. I just feel like more across the board women are like well, if nothing else, I'm going to be prepared, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, they sat on the sidelines for so long. They watched and they took notes and they were like, "Well, I don't want I know exactly what I don't want to do." Mhm. Right, so they don't come in in half acid, they come in right. full bore. Which, which is, I mean, it's the same for any uh, marginalized group of human beings, um, mm-hmm. whether they be females, non-whites, mm-hmm. uh, gay, straight, trans, whatever. If you've been marginalized in some form or another, you're gonna, when you get your chance, you're gonna take it a little bit more seriously.
3: Right, right. No, I agree. Look I agree. at me,
0: full of full of insights today. I
3: know, full of these like feminine power insights. That's yeah
0: had some feminine power on me this morning so it's
3: nice. <laughs> Speaking of I wanted to ask is it are you fully wedding planned out or is it is there still more planning? We did our tasting a couple weeks ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: We're already in production for the invites. Mm-hmm. And invites are pretty we just, cool. We mm-hmm. just got to send them out and that's it huh, babe?
0: Yeah. This is all new to me like, you know, because obviously I've been married once before but mm-hmm. 500 bucks it cost me. That thing was really Elvis impersonator, a little white chapel.
3: Oh, that's right. I forgot. In and out, buddy. <laughs> In its entirety.
5: And
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, it lasted a long time.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, they say you get what you pay for. Right, right. right. So you got what you paid for.
3: Yep, yep, yep. Short wedding, short marriage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess uncertain, yeah. I mean, sure, sure. some people it's worked out for just, you know. Yeah, when you're doing it for the wrong reasons at the wrong time, it's never a good deal.
3: Right? Were you very drunk? Can I ask that? No,
0: no. My my daughter's mother was pregnant. I was like, I should probably be a gentleman and marry her. I don't know. I figured, you know, I figured Indian people get married all the time when they don't really know each other, and they make it work. Mm -hmm. And I'm Indian. Mm -hmm. I was like, let's try and make this work. Yeah, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. But you know, whatever. I got a great kid out of it.
5: Yeah, that was the whole purpose of it. That really was the
0: purpose of it. Yeah. So, you know, this will be the first this I, so I consider this my first marriage. Yeah. That, this one right here. This lady on yeah. my right. <laughs> she had raised two daughters. Right. Twenty nine and twenty Mm-hmm. By herself, no help. And uh and still a strong yeah. woman. Like no and there was no like I'm longing to do this. It was just like one of those things I was like, You never? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that would be fun.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd be.
0: I think you're the right one.
5: Yeah, even though you pushed me away in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I wasn't. (laughs) In the beginning, I wasn't ready. You know that already. Yeah, I was was not in a good mental space at all.
5: Mm. Yeah, understandable. I was going through a
0: lot at the time.
5: Yeah, yeah.
0: Eddie had just transitioned into a torta, (laughs) and uh, so we were dealing with that. Oh. Yeah.
3: It's traumatic for everyone. <laughs> he used to
0: tuck his aardvark in and just. <laughs>
3: his mushroom cap wasn't that <laughs> way. Well, he, he doesn't have a
0: mushroom cap. He's got a turtleneck. Yep, He's got an anteater.
3: <laughs> These are all bumper stickers on Eddie's car. <laughs> on his motorcycle. Yeah.
0: My other penis is a hard hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Love it! Yeah, he's got a helmet for it. Whenever it- oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. even his motorcycle,
0: even his motorcycle helmet has stuff over the front. <laughs> yeah, you should get a helmet like that, Eddie. <laughs> the uncircumcised motorcycle helmet.
3: Yep. And then you'd have to respond when someone's like, "Hey, dickhead," <laughs> or you have to
5: pull it down to see. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: And his license plate says ver- Verga di Cara. <laughs>
5: <laughs> or is it cara verga,
0: Eddie? Cara de verga. <laughs> uh, kind of win, yeah. Well, oh. there you go, dick you face. Go. <laughs> 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 Perfect. So we got some viewer emails? Yeah, we did got we, a Did bunch. we get one?
3: <laughs> we have several. Um, Last time we
0: only had like three, remember? I know. We thought we were going to be clever, and we're going to do a viewer feedback when we had no viewers. Hi,
4: uh, this is Canal. I have a question for Russell. Um, as an Indian comedian, I imagine you had to do some, like, weird Indian brown events coming up. So I wondered, uh, have, have you ever been heckled by an Indian uncle or auntie? Uh, or if not, what's the weirdest thing that
0: Yes, I'm Indian. I'm a comedian, but I'm not an Indian comedian. Um, Let's just straighten that out right away. I was always just a comedian. The fact that I'm Indian was something I couldn't do. I couldn't avoid. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I did have to do. I didn't have to. I did do some uh, Indian functions. And yeah, I did get heckled by some uncles and aunties, but they didn't like it because I shut them down like I was in a comedy club. Mm -hmm. I'm not the Indian boy that's going to be like, oh, auntie, uncle. Thank you. No, don't do that. I'm like, ah, fuck you, man. <laughs> I was always that guy. I was not going to be fucking like I'm like some dorky ass in get out of here. Shut up, <laughs> uncle. Go have another Shivas or Johnny Walker Black, you fuck. You know what I mean? I would just let him have it. And then I remember doing one Indian culture show and I got that happened and then some girl came back and tried to get all up in my face and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here." Like there's parents and uncles and aunties out there. I go, "I don't give a shit." That's where, their problem.
3: Where was that?
5: In
0: Canada somewhere. Oh, okay. All hmm. up in my grill. Like, I was like, get out of here. It mm. was a comedy show? No, it was like an Indian culture show. And I'm like, oh. that's not my problem, lady. Yeah. We need to expand our, our, our horizons here is what I was trying to do. I was always about taking us outside the box or the dubba, as the Indians would say. Yeah. And uh, and, and, and let us expand. And now look where we're at. I'm not the only one. Yeah. And there's plenty of them doing really well. So, you know, but they weren't there when I started. I was that guy. I was the first guy. And I, I again, when I started, I wasn't thinking about, oh, I'm going to do this for my people. Uh, I didn't have any delusions of grandeur.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, And I also feel like that's basically, if you did try to appease them, that's the kind of the thing of like trying to make your parents happy with your comedy set which is probably not
0: yeah that's the worst way to go <laughs> oh did yeah. my dad really likes my set wow well that sucks yeah <laughs> the more my parents complained about it, i go i'm doing something yeah right I'm on the road <laughs> track. however my dad was really smart so when he would give me he'd give me feedback oh good walk in front of the cameras if you can't paul yeah <laughs> <laughs> paulie uh what when do you think your alarm's gonna go off on your phone <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: yeah so my dad but my dad my dad was really intelligent and spoke uh, like his english his vocabulary was amazing and not to be messed with but then he would try and tell me to like i need to expand my repertoire he would tell me all the time and mm. talk about different things and mm-hmm. can't just do this and then i was like oh boy and then he would tell me here's reader's digest go read it i'm like i'm not gonna learn from reader's digest <laughs> i don't want to but I did take it to a certain degree and I started paying attention more when I was mm. out and just trying to figure out, you know, and that's where we're at now. Yeah. It's only been 32 years. We're good.
3: <laughs> I think you're on to something. That's what I think. All right. There's, there's a lot of these. Let's get to the next one.
2: Hi, Russell.
3: I was wondering, you know, since COVID pretty much all live performances stopped for a really long time,
6: including stand-up. If stand-up had never come back,
3: what would you have shifted to besides podcasting, of course? Would you have gone to get uh, educated in a different way, a completely different career? I'm curious.
0: Educated? (laughs) <laughs> See that's the problem is people think you need to somebody else to teach you something. Would you go and get educated? I never got fucking educated the first time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was I, le- I learned through life. Yeah. And if you're a hustler and you know how to live through life, that's I mean I would have figured it out eventually. You know, I had to adapt because of COVID anyway. You know, you make these these little uh concessions in your life and I would have probably gotten more into DJing and probably I was ready to enter the World Jiu-Jitsu Championships. I would have I would have trained my ass off because I would have had nothing else to do. I would, have, I would have entered the World Jiu-Jitsu Championships and I would have continued down that path, I think, too. Sure, there's no money in it, but there's a lot of uh, personal gratification that I would have seen from that. But, you know, 51 years old, what am I going to do? I would have figured it out. Yeah. Without- I would have flipped something into something.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: I always did. Since I was a little kid. So it's not like this would be new to me.
3: Did did you ever think that it wasn't going to come back? Did that ever cross No, I never
0: thought it was going to come back. I I just thought it wasn't going to come back fully and I thought it was going to be a little weird. And it was a little weird at first. But, you know, as we, you know, as we meander our way through this new world we're living in, we're starting to figure it out. And it's, it's coming back just fine.
3: And you have a tour coming up now.
0: Oh, yes, I do have a tour. Thanks for bringing that up, Courtney.
3: <laughs> no problem.
0: The Actor Age World Tour. <laughs> so here's what happened. The, before the pandemic, uh, I had come up with a title for my tour, and it was going to be called Brownsploitation. And we had artwork made up. It was like artwork like exploitation films, but with like a lot of Indian themes in it and stuff. And uh, it was really dope looking. But the act had nothing to do with Brownsploitation. exploitation. Um, culturally canceled has nothing to do with being culturally canceled. Um, nope. you know, um, <laughs> deported had nothing to do with being deported. You know, none of my tour titles have ever really had anything to do with the act. But this time I came up with the act and usually I came up with the, um, name of the tour and the title of everything right away. Mm-hmm. This time I came up with the act first and was struggling to come up with a tu- uh, title name. And, um. I was in Abu Dhabi in September, and I was sitting on my balcony with my buddy Clay Roberts, who did the podcast, and we were brainstorming. I was like, well, I need a better name for this tour because it doesn't make sense. It's exploitation." And then I came up with Act Your Age because my act is about, you know... Uh, dealing with being a 51-year-old man and still not mentally being a 51-year-old man, but at times having to mentally be a 51-year-old man Mm -hmm. and dealing with millennials and Gen Zs Mm -hmm. and all the sensitive cultures we're living in front of now and how we got here and why we got here. And... So that's why I came up with the same act your age, because how do you act your age? If I act my age, I could possibly get canceled. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why the title makes sense on this tour. So finally, a tour title with an act that matches it. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think it's a pretty damn good act. Eddie, what do you think about this act? I like it. E- and i'm excited for it eddie's excited for it eddie likes it and eddie's seen uh, a bunch of them now he's seen a B- about five tours my sister saw and said it was the funniest she'd ever seen see paulie's <gasps> sister came and saw me in pittsburgh and she's said it was the funniest seen every, she's, seen every tour. she's seen every tour as well yeah so that it's getting great feedback from people who have seen me a lot of times and it's funny to see fuck faces on the internet you know when i post clips and they're like and i'm like clearly i said this is a throwback Yeah. Clearly, I said this is crowd work. Right. And they're like, why don't you fucking do something else but talk to the crowd? I go, I'm not going to give away my act, you prick. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, here's some free shit on your free platform. Yeah. Go freely fuck yourself. And if people talk shit now, I just instantly remove them as a follower. I'm like, I don't need your bullshit. Totally.
3: And also, I feel like that also goes for our podcast listeners. Uh, Just a reminder that this show is also free. So... (laughs) Stop whining Thank you <laughs> Yeah
0: Yeah like it's no worse Stop I get here It's something free uh, I don't like it Well then don't Fucking enjoy it yeah. don't, don't watch it yeah. Jesus Bye you want, why, you are you, on, why are you here I, Can you, you flick here? on the Middle heat for Allie No I'm good You good You yeah. were looking at it earlier I was now, No
5: there was a mosquito Flying over your head Oh there was a mosquito And oh. I was like don't get bit on your neck. Oh, I was that's, that's why I hit his oh, leg. I, thought, I saw it land on his leg. <laughs> I thought you were pointing I at the I saved your life.
0: You other, like, did. On. Yeah.
5: <laughs> on that big. Well, back. you got
0: stung this morning. Listen. Um,
5: <laughs> Bigger than a this? mosquito.
3: <laughs> <laughs> with Eddie's motorcycle helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and what? Motorcycle helmet. Oh, yeah.
0: No, no, I'm I'm uh, proper.
3: <laughs>
0: my shit looks pretty at all times. Perfect. Small, but pretty.
5: Not small. Looks like King Louie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like a the king of a chessboard.
5: No, she
0: meant from The Jungle Book.
3: Uh-huh. Have you seen The Jungle Book? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh okay. And you know how
5: King Louie and... Everything and then... Oh, wow. Oh, okay. His neck and my balls okay, is what she's balls. trying to say. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's like the most graphic thing that's ever been said on right? the show. <laughs> you should see when he's dancing and they're doing King Lily. It's pretty oh, funny. No.
0: <laughs> Naked. <laughs> Not I'm the same it. at least. Not the same no. at least. Same at least. In it.
4: <laughs> i it. I will... Mm, yeah. Well, there's a lot
3: of penises in animated movies. I feel like the um, in The Little Mermaid... The castle on the cover, and then also like the old school cover, and then they changed it because they realized. And then there's the the priest that's marrying them. And if you pay attention, it's like, roo, 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 roo. like Yeah, really, yeah, it goes in and out. And I've never and out. watched,
0: you know, I've never watched any of those Disney movies.
3: Really, I watch them all
5: the time. I haven't time seen The
0: Lion King, even. What?
5: How is was that possible?
0: I was a grown man when they were coming out. I okay. didn't want to see them. I, uh, to I mean,
5: me, I, I get that, and he didn't have kids at the time. Yeah, I get that. Also, yeah. you
0: know, to me, there's a difference between animation and cartoons. Mm-hmm. And I like cartoons. Okay. I don't like animation. It's like, eh, you're trying to be too real. Yeah. I want to see a fucking a chicken running into a wall. I know right. what I mean, like, just I want to see dumb <laughs> like Tom shit, Jerry. Yeah. You dumb see, mindless things. You want to see
3: slapstick in your cartoon? Yeah like, yeah. like, just
0: just have fun and not mean anything.
3: I get that. I mean, I think for me, like as you know, I'm a musical fan, so I feel like those movies are very musical. Yes. They're,
0: they're and, written and, by And the music people. annoys me. Enough. See, and
5: I like all that. He's like, <laughs> why too. are we watching this shit? Yeah. Oh, it's like well, first of all, the baby's here, so we're watching it. Right. She
0: put it on and leave it on. I'm like, what is this on my fucking TV? Well, I like
5: background. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like background. Record. I like the yeah. news yeah. Music. on. Yeah. Do you? Yeah,
0: I like to have the news on. My That's dad depressing. always has the news on, and I just need <laughs> to depressing. know what's happening. In- yeah. Well, it's depressing, but it's it's what's happening out there. I know, know that's
3: why my my mom does the exact same thing, and it's um. But that's why it's like every time she calls, she wants to talk about politics, and I'm like, I need you to get another thought in your head, just right. like another one that is maybe not just this annoying, you right.
1: know. Because
3: we I know hear it on the news. It's all bad, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying don't watch the news, but yeah, maybe just not like the 24 hour news right. cycle where it's embedded um, in the back of your.
0: I kind of keep it on the local one, just so I can get the weather and uh, the traffic more than anything.
3: That's not bad.
0: And also find out what area not to go to because it probably got shot. There was a shooting. Sure. (laughs) Right. oh, 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 America. If you're looking for glasses or sunglasses or even blue light glasses, Finding the right frames for your face can be an ordeal. Trust me, I know. I have a big nose, and if the bridge on the uh, glasses is too high, it's, it's a hole to do. Is your face a little too wide or really narrow? Whatever shape your face is, do you have any idea what kind of glasses would work with that face and not make you look stupid? I don't. I have to sit there and try everything on in the store. Well, if you don't, don't worry. Warby Parker exists for that very reason. You can take a quiz that helps find you the perfect glasses just for you. Order a home try-on kit and then try them on in front of your friends before you buy them so that you're absolutely sure you don't look like an ignoramus. Warby Parker makes it very easy to try on up to five pairs of glasses in your home try-on kit so you can give them a spin and see what works for you and what doesn't. My friends definitely chimed in with their opinions and now I feel super confident about the glasses I chose. I don't always wear glasses, so I needed a little bit of feedback. And Warby Parker's system made me feel more comfortable getting glasses than ever before. And if you have an iPhone X, you can download Warby Parker's app, where you can use their brand new virtual try-on, allowing you to try on eyeglasses, seeing the realistic color, texture, and size of each style using just your phone. So they've really thought of everything. You'll be amazed at the quality of these glasses. Warby Parker's entire mission is to create boutique-quality eyewear at a revolutionary price point. Offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams, Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores. Glasses start at 95 bucks, and that includes prescription lenses. Sunglasses, progressives, and blue light lenses are also available, so there's a reason for everybody to try Warby Parker. Plus, you don't have to let your FSA or HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. So, try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. Your glasses will ship free and include a prepaid return shipping label. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash peters. That's W-A-R-B-Y Parker I don't know if you're a betting man, but if you're going to bet on sports, you got to stay informed. That's just smart, right? Like, if I'm going to lay down cold, hard cash on a boxing match, i got to know what's up, correct? But sometimes it's hard to stay on top of it all. Did you miss the biggest sports headlines from the night before? Ever wonder how that might impact this week's bets? Well, you can relive the best in sports from the night before with BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. So... I like to stay up to date with boxing and fighting and MMA and all the combat sports, but sometimes I'm working, and I'm not as formed as I'd like to be. Listening to Bet MGM Tonight keeps me informed and confident no matter what. And honestly, it's super entertaining to listen to. Bet MGM Tonight is a high-energy live destination for casual and hardcore sports fans alike. It's all the things I love, engaging, polarizing, and relevant. So get caught up in the sports betting world with a heavy dose of entertainment. Hosts Quinton Mayo, NBC Sports Washington, and Ryan Horvat, 1250 AM The Fan, and Trista Crick are joined by on-site correspondents to bring you insider information in real time. Let me tell you something. Every detail matters when making bets. Bet MGM Tonight dives deeper to help give you the edge. It's fun to bet on the game. It's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Tune into Bet MGM Tonight, presented by Bet MGM. Listen on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
1: Hey, Russell. Uh, my name is Dave. I just had a quick question. Um... You uh, did two Comedy Now specials, one in 97 and one in 2003. Um, I read your autobiography, and uh, I'm just uh, I'm a little bit unclear about a couple of things. I'm just wondering if you could tell me what happened between that period, because I know that you mentioned about sleeping on Keith Robinson's couch, and then I think you also went to South Africa. But if am I, I'm not sure if I'm wrong about this, but did you also go to England and host a show? I'm uh, just wondering if you could talk about those six years because it seems like those six years will really be important to your career. Anyway, so love the podcast. Um, hope to hear more of it. Thanks again.
0: Well, first of all, thanks, Dave. Who was yeah, the first Dave. person who said they love the podcast. Aww. Uh, so salute to Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I – 96, I slept on Keith Robinson's couch, Keith Robinson Patrice O'Neill's couch, as a matter of fact. And those guys really gave me a lot of solid advice. And I played them my special. And the first special I actually did was in 1995. It was called Comics. It was on CBC in Canada. And I was so proud of that one. And I took the videotape with me to New York. And I put it on. And I said to Keith and Patrice, you want to see it? And they were like, yeah. I put it on. It was silent in the room when it was on. And then it was, when it ended, I looked at them. and They go, what the fuck was that? And they go, come on. They were like, that was the worst piece of shit I ever seen in my life. They, and I was like, come on, you're kidding. They're like, no, that was trash. And I was like, throw that fucking videotape in the trash. And I was like, what the fuck? And they weren't kidding. And they told me how to write differently, how to think, how to write in a place where nobody else can do those thoughts but you, because they're mm-hmm. your thoughts. They said, what, what, was, what was so special about any one of those jokes and that that anybody else couldn't do? And I couldn't mm. have, I didn't have an answer. Mm. And it made me change from that moment. And then I got the special in 97, which I feel at the time was a little too soon for me because what they were doing was um, they were banking off the success of the one in 95. The one in 95 didn't air until 96. And then you know they were like trying to get another one out in 97. And I agreed to it because they offered me 10 grand. I was like, 10 grand? I, was, I went and bought a Lexus with it because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, you know, So that special wasn't that very good at all. I'll be the first to admit it. And then, you know, the six years went by. Where I did nothing in Canada. I was in England all the time. I was traveling around. From England, you would get all these gigs in Europe and Asia and the Middle East. And I was just touring the world, doing comedy through these gigs from from London. And the money was terrible, but it was a great time. I didn't have any kids. I didn't have any... I didn't have any mortgages, you know. It was all just travel around the world, make your money, go make a little bit of money, and go go see all these countries you would never have gone to in the first place. And that's where I started just to learn how to write differently and experience the world differently. And then, you know, in that time, I was cultivating my act, and because I didn't know I wasn't doing any TV, I just kept polishing up the act, just kept getting shinier and shinier until we did the one in two thousand and three, and and that changed the game for me. And yeah, I did have a little talk show in England in the early 2000s. It was called uh, Network East Late. It mm. was uh, BBC Two, I think it was, or the South Asian, but whatever it was called, Asian Programming Unit. That's what it was called. Because in England, the Indians are called Asians. So if you're in England, you say, I met an Asian person. They're not going to think Ali. They're going to think me. Mm. And in America, when I say I'm Asian, everybody goes, well, you know you're not. i like, go, oh, fucking idiot. Go read, look at a map, stupid. <laughs> um, fuck, look at, look at the biggest, one of the biggest parts of Asia is us. <coughs> yeah, <You> fuck. <laughs> um, and we're also the second largest population in the world of South Asians. Uh, yeah, so I was the uh, host of this late night Indo-centric talk show in London. And uh, it wasn't very good. And all the guests had to be Indian for some reason. I was like, listen. We're already Indian. We're already doing something. Why do we only have to talk to more Indian people? It just didn't make sense to me. I was like, no Indian person does this much Indian shit in their life. Like, why can't we? Yeah, we we can have we can we can uh, put a spotlight on the Indian people that are doing something different. But we literally had a girl on the show who was in one of the those new Star Wars movies in the two thousands. But she was like in a scene.
4: Mm -hmm. It was like
0: uh, an extra, basically, like here. Hey, can you pass me that? Here you go, sir. It was like that. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm having to ask her about this movie. And like, what was it like working on the movie? And I'm like, <laughs> it was so lame. Um, but whatever, you know, it, it puts me in that world and lets me experience different things. And then you appreciate how much harder it is to do that type of show when, you,
3: mm-hmm. when you've done it. Mm-hmm.
0: So when people say, Russell, would you like to host a late night show? I wouldn't mind. But, you know, I know how much work is involved. Yeah. That money better be right.
3: Right. Because it's like, it's constant. You have to you know, have something every day, every, yeah.
0: Yeah. I and mean, there's the writers and everything. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, still it's gotta be, you gotta turn it out. Every the writing yeah. has to be right.
4: Hey, Russell, how's it going? It's Rob calling out, uh, shouting out from uh, Mississauga. I really love the show. So this is a, kind of an odd question. Um,
1: it's actually a question more for Lennox Lewis, but I know you and Lennox Lewis are friends. So a cousin of mine used to train with a, one of the uh, decathlon guys, uh, Canadian team. Back in the day, he said apparently Lennox Lewis and Ben Johnson got into it at the Olympic Village, uh, back in, what is it, 88, 89, when, um, Ben was at his peak, you know, peak testosterone or whatever you want to call it. So apparently Lennox went to punch Ben and Ben being, you know, as strong as he was back then, just put him in a bear hug and it kind of just, you know, fight fizzled out. People broke up the fight. So I just wanted to know if this was an urban legend or if this was real. Kind of curious to find out. So love to hear the uh, answer on the show. Well, Rav,
0: I think there is definitely some truth to that. I don't know about Ben putting Lennox in a bear hug. I don't know. I don't know that part is true, but I know they, they almost got into it. I know Lennox almost, knocked out ben johnson that at the 88 olympics they had a little beef but ben was all roided up at the time so ben was real uh, real you know antsy from the roids um i don't know the exact details lennox has told me the story before but i don't recall it i know a lot of stories from lennox so but you know once i get lennox on the uh, podcast one day fucker (laughs) <laughs> um, Lennox literally came over one day when we were doing a podcast. You want to do it? Yeah, yeah. And then he left and waited till we were done and came back.
3: Didn't he also? There was like another day. It was like two days. I want to. He say, did like that twice Malcia. to us. <laughs> and
0: Rip Hamilton did that one time. Remember, Rip Rip Hamilton was here waiting, but that wasn't his fault. That was our fault. We started late because everybody else came late. Right. And he had to go.
3: Right. He was here on time.
0: And then Rip was going to do it a couple of weeks ago. And then he bailed on me and Royce Clayton bailed on me. And, you know, that's the thing with having friends that are retired athletes. I, I, you're like, listen, stupid. Um, you were at the top of your game at some point. Why don't you just relive those moments with me?
3: I think all of those people should be on the same episode oh, together. Oh, uh, definitely. Are you kidding me? It
0: was supposed <laughs> to be Royce and Rip that day.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, because then you can roast them all for being, you know,
0: It was going to be Royce, Rip, Russell, and Ralph. Ralph <laughs> Porter was going to sit in because Ralph Porter is a big sports fan. Oh, uh, Okay. And he opens for me, so I wanted him to be here mm-hmm. to talk the sports stuff, and I would talk like just the regular human shit to these guys. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna get to that episode one day soon.
3: It'll happen, and then we'll and then we'll have a better answer. But you remember the year? You remember the year that that happened? It was
0: '88. It was the '88 yeah. Olympics. That's when Lennox won a gold. Okay. That's when Ben Johnson won a gold.
3: Mm, okay. And
0: then uh, I remember the newspapers in Canada are so fucking racist. <laughs> when Ben Johnson won the gold, as fastest man in the world, he beat Carl. Uh, he beat Carl Lewis. And it said Canada's Ben Johnson, fastest man in the world, on the front newspaper. And then when the steroids thing came out, it said Ben Johnson from Jamaica tested positive. I'm like, wow, wow, you really turned quick, huh? Yeah, they were they were dicks that's about nasty. it. Oh, that's yeah. that's say that's, that's the media, buddy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll bring you up and tear you down the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Hey, Russell, this is Drew. Um,
4: It's been a very sad time since the recent unexpected passing of the great Norm MacDonald. And he seemed to be such a comics comic. So I have been really enjoying hearing different comedians tell their favorite Norm stories and moments and such. So I'm wondering if you happen to have a favorite Norm MacDonald joke or moment, or if you ever got to meet him over the years, maybe you could share an anecdote or two. Take care. Be well.
0: Thanks, Drew. Uh, which is also the past tense of draw. Um, <laughs> uh So Norm, a Canadian as well from Ottawa, a hilarious. Like, like uh, it was just funny as hell. Mm-hmm. We were at the Laugh Factory one night, and Jamie Masada, the manager of the owner of Laugh Factory, he was just my me Norm and Jamie were staying there, and Jamie's like. Uh, buddy, everybody keeps giving me their card. Uh, look, this guy producer, this one writer, this one on a uh, catering truck. Everybody give me uh, their card, bro. And and um and then Norm <laughs> looks at me. And then Jamie goes on to something else, starts talking about something completely random, and then Norm goes, Hey Jamie, do that thing with the cards again. <laughs> <laughs> It was just so funny do that bit about the cards again <laughs> <laughs> It was just so ridiculous i remember laughing so hard because i was like that's so fucking funny man but that's the that's the genius that he was and when he replaced he replaced me on uh last comic standing and that was the only person i was not upset about. i was like if i'm gonna be replaced by norm mcdonald i don't have a problem with that i mean you at least replace me with a better comic.
3: Did you ever, were you ever doing any shows or performances or any like TV appearances with him?
0: No, but him and I used to bang the same chick back in the 90s.
3: <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I remember specifically because she was like, oh, chick. I used to fuck Norm. And I go, cool. I didn't know Norm at the time. I knew who he was. I didn't know him.
4: Mm-hmm. I was like,
0: okay, whatever. Well, as as I don't give a shit. I'm fucking you now. So I don't really care who he fucked before me. Right. <laughs> And then when I met Norm, I was like, hey, do you know blah, blah, blah? And he's like, oh, how do you know her? And I go, oh, he goes, eh. <laughs> is that,
3: doesn't that make you, what is the word, Eskimo brothers? Is that, I guess Askimo we're Eskimo brothers, brothers yeah. yeah. So Norm
0: and I are brothers. forever connected. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the same chlamydia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Dale>. <laughs> Hi. Yes, uh, my
4: name
6: is. Victoria and I was wondering, as, since you film from your backyard, uh, do your dogs um, enjoy participating/slash helping being involved? Um, and or I say dogs. Um, how many dogs do you have? Um, and do they enjoy it? And are they helpful?
0: Well, the dogs are all Ally's dogs. <clears throat> she has seven dogs. She's a crazy dog lady. <laughs> But we keep the dogs at Allie's house. Um, she has three pit bulls, three shih tzus, and Piper.
5: <laughs> Piper's a different breed. And Piper's, <laughs> you
0: know, the toy pug who's been on the show. As yes. She's fallen asleep on my lap on the show. <laughs> snoring on the And she was show. snoring on the show. <laughs> um, I don't know that the dogs enjoy the show. <laughs> um uh, I haven't asked them, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, no, she has seven dogs. So that we late, like, the other day we had two of them here. We had Piper and Bubby. He's one of the uh, Shih Tzus. But I really want to bring Dino. He's the Pit Mastiff. I love Dino. He's my big, my big boy. Dino. He's huge. He's 120 pounds or something wow. like that. And uh, I was I was playing with him in her backyard a couple of weeks ago, and he's so friggin' strong and so big. I guess he got excited the way I was petting him on the head, and he got a little frisky and tried to hump my leg. <laughs> but when he grabbed my leg, it literally felt like a jiu-jitsu takedown. Like, it felt <laughs> like a guy grabbing my leg to give me a, a single-leg takedown. Yeah, he's um, a
5: strong boy. Wow. He's very,
0: I was like, hey, get off me, you fucker. I had to push him off. And he was like, hey, want to do this? I go, no, I don't. But the funniest thing is when she has to go into his cage, Or now he's got a doghouse, which he's very happy with, uh, if she goes into his cage because he would tear up his bed all the time, she would get into the cage on her hands and knees to get it out, and he would run behind her trying to hump her every time. And I was like, "See?" And he'll stand
5: there and laugh. I'm and like, I'm like, Dude, it why I'm
0: like, see, it's not just me." No, it uh, hurts. It hurts. Wait a minute. <laughs> what the fuck?
5: No, because he grabs, and I'm like, "I was like, get him!" And he's yeah. like laughing. I'm like, "Dude, it hurts!" Like he's
3: scratching my leg and scratching my, scratch my leg, <laughs> scratching scratch my, my leg. <laughs> I feel like it would be really amazing if there was an attack dog who didn't just you know like bite and growl, but he just could, humped you. Well, no, could do like a jujitsu takedown, like what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe yeah. with a little humping there. I think it would have to be combined <laughs> just to just to through. emasculate you, <laughs> further. a little dry grind. <laughs> yes, because then he pins you down and humps you. Like when he gets you down, I mean that's <laughs> that's Dino.
0: Yeah, Dino. <laughs> do that. Dino's really do that. big and really strong. When I first met Dino, he was I walked in her backyard and he was lying down. And I was like, you got a pig? And she was like, it's not a pig. <laughs> that's my fucking dog. <laughs> <clears throat> One of the other pits, they have to be separated at all times. They can't be together because she always attacks Dino. Mm-hmm. She's a little diesel ass pit too. What kind of pit is she? Pocket pity. Pocket pity? Pocket pity apparently.
5: She looks like she's part Frenchie. Like she's a Frenchie but in she's a pit. Like, but exactly. oh, okay. she looks,
0: she's a sweetheart too. But She's so sweet. But all she doesn't like are. Dino. She doesn't like Dino. Okay. And Dino's twice her size. So she got out one day and ran straight for him and attacked him. Mm. Bit him on the ear, and he defending himself almost tore her leg off.
3: Oh my god!
0: Right, he wasn't. He wasn't. He's not like I'm going to get you. He's just like, well, fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So the the um, vet came to fix Nilly up, (laughs) and then and Dino had like a scratch on his ear. So the vet puts a whole bandage around his head. Right?
5: He was standing with his head on the brick, like I'm like, you have a nick on your ear. Calm down. You tore off Nilly's arm. (laughs) And she was walking, and you know she was fine, but she she was mad. But she just he was he she wasn't whining or anything. She just went in her bed. Yeah, he was over there whining, he's and I'm like, like,
3: I look stupid. It's because he's
5: a male. <laughs> Males are such babies when they're we certainly are. <laughs> and they're sick or have a cold.
0: There's yeah. no there's no doubt about that. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> If you like the podcast, please be sure to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts so more people can find out about it. And if you didn't like it, go fuck yourself. And follow us on Instagram at canceled and CulturallyRP on Twitter. We're also on YouTube if you want to see what the backyard kind of looks like. You don't really see what the backyard looks like. You just see where my smoking section looks like. And you could probably sneak a peek in the house, you weirdo. Also, we have a phone line now, so call and leave a message. You can ask me about whatever you want to ask me about hip-hop, parenting, food, boxing, MMA, relationships, comedy, sex. I don't give a shit. Ask me whatever you want, and I'll do my best to answer your question. If you want to leave a message, the phone number is 424-666-1983. That's 424-666-1983. Until next week, I'm Russell Peters.